Aloha, Soul Dancer here. Before you meet Christina Irvin, the team captain for Team Clarity, I just wanted to say thank you to Team Clarity for sharing with you this class. They've reached their halfway point. They're on week number 26 out of 52, and this particular class, I encourage you to get ready to take some notes because it is one of the most powerful classes Team Clarity has had to date. And now, here's Christina Irvin. Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. If you had told me I would be setting more healthy boundaries with my closest loved ones, not doing something out of guilt, and comfortable asking for the sale or setting prices equal to my worth in my business after such a short time in this course, I certainly would have told you no way. However, I'm doing all of those things and much, much more unapologetically these days. While you're grabbing a pen and piece of paper, consider this. Just how many people are actually paid to learn? Yes, you heard me correctly. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. And by the time I'm done with this course, I will have earned more than what I invested in this life-changing journey. You can always listen to our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And to get one reminder of our next show, click on the follow button at the top of the page. Now, it's time to dive in and let's get to work. Let's meet the rest of the team. Hi, this is Marcia Sertino and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. Have a blessed day. Hello and welcome from the gorgeous state of Wisconsin. This is Patty Anderson. And now, time for class. How's everybody doing? We'll kick it off. Julia was the first in. I was sharing with Julia. She blew me away with her blog post about her daughter going, saying, I'm worth it. I thought, damn, I wish you had your phone going and you could have recorded that. (laughs) (laughs) It was so unexpected. So I'm just so pleased with everything, with everything that I have gone through and my daughter to remember something that I do and understand the concept, it's just so rewarding for me because as I was going through the process of what seemed bad or something that I was not comfortable with, and to see her say this is so well worth it because my whole goal is for her not to grow up with self-limiting beliefs the way that I was taught or the way that I grew up. And to see this four-year-old say that, pray to God that I'm around to see what she's like when she's a woman. I'm just speechless. It brings me to tears, and it's good tears. It's tears of happiness, tears of joy. All of this pain and these, these what, what do we call them, growing pains? I don't even know how to put it in words. Well, I have to say, Julia, your daughter is probably one of the youngest students of Pay Me What I'm Worth I've had yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to change the label on the covering. Good for ages four plus. (laughs) I mean, there's so many things that have happened. I mean, when she fell, she was riding her scooter and and she fell and I went to help her. And she said, no, 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 I got it. I I can do it. I can do it. I was like, okay, I'll let you do it. And I just let me know if you need my help. And she did not ask me for my help. 
Well, Julia, she is human, so she's going to be quite the independent one. She came out that way, right? Oh, thank you, Christina. <laughs> thank you so much. This has been a great journey. Painful, but great. I would say it's been healing just as much as it's been you've had that pain. You've had a lot of healing, too, don't you think? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. And forgiveness, forgiving myself for what I put myself through and what I put others through and not allowing the guilt to take over, just accepting it and, and moving forward. Which is the perfect time to set the framework for Chapter 6 on a scale of 1 to 10. Remember how when we began our journey, I invited you all to rank yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 when it came to overall your feelings around giving and receiving. Remember? Remember that scoring? Yep. Yes. Yes. Part and parcel of improving those scores is the ability to genuinely forgive. Yeah? Yes. Yes. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, as of this wonderful call, one being totally suck at it, 10 being rock on, do it, love it, embrace it. On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you rank yourself in the art of forgiving yourself? I think that I would now rank myself at a 7. I do believe I can now rank myself, I'm going to say a 6. I was at a 2, but I can say 6. I'm going to give myself an eight and a half. I gave myself a ten. I've worked years on myself in that area. Woohoo, Marsha. I would say somewhere between seven and eight. Still a work in progress. Over the next couple of weeks, as we get into doing our mental laundry, part of this forgiveness thing, when somebody tells me that they've forgiven me, I think they're quite arrogant. Any particular reason why I cop that attitude? It can make me feel like there's something wrong with me, but there's flaws that they need to forgive me for. We're getting there. That sets the stage. Keep going deeper with this. And you may not feel like he's forgiving. You may have very well been fine with whatever occurred and their choice to, to receive it however they decided to receive it is their business, not yours. That's true. Getting warmer. Getting warmer. Keep digging. There's something insidious about the statement, I forgive you. When I've said it to people, I mean, I've only said it, but I've never really intentionally in some areas meant it because I wasn't forgiving me. Getting warmer. Getting hotter. I let myself off the hook by saying, I forgive you, but I'm not going to forgive me. Mm -hmm. the, the whole premise still establishes a level of expectation. Oh, now we're getting into medium hot. We're not into hot yet, but we're getting into medium hot. We're almost there. <laughs> it has to do with one of those committee members, the chaos committee members, Mr. Control. Oh. Oh. If I say to you, 
Marsha, I forgive you. Doesn't that imply I have control over Marsha? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Marsha, how do you feel about me having omnipotent control over you? I certainly don't like that, Soul. How does this put a spin on the phrase now, I forgive you? That would be a better way of saying it. Never say it. Never. Never. I forgive myself, yes. I have the authority to look into the mirror, look into my eyes, and say to my own soul, I'm sorry. I forgive you. I forgive me. And that's where it ends. True or false? True. Yes, true. So if I were to say, Soul, I'm sorry, please forgive me, right? Then your response would be, forgive yourself? Yes, because you're making an assumption you've done something that is I would consider to be harmful. You're making an assumption, Christina. And it may be well-intended. Your controller may be thinking, oh, my God, I really screwed up. <gasps> Shit. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to do it. But, again, it's the controller thinking it's being compassionate. Right? Follow? I have to work. I'm going to have to work on that one. You gotta, yeah, you, you all have to noodle on this. And here's the reason why. For me, forgiveness is eternal. When I forgive myself of something, it's done. I will never talk about it. I will never think about it. If somebody brings it up, I'll look at them and say, well, I'm, that's clearly your stuff. I'm kind of done with it. And if you really need to bring that up again, then I think we're probably done until you can resolve that on your end. How many times does doubt, guilt, shame, and worry get watered and more light when someone says, I forgive you over and over and over again. Yeah? True. If I ask someone to forgive me because I know that I did something wrong, that I know that I hurt that, what's your take on that? Are you willing to give that person omnipotent control over your life? So is there a difference between asking to be forgiven or just apologizing and saying, I'm sorry. Throughout our journey, I've asked you all to think in I statements, correct? Yes, you have. Yes. Let me role play with you, Marsha. Marsha, I'm aware that what I just said to you could be interpreted in a way that could cause you pain. Did I cause you pain? No. Then please know that what I just said is a way for us to get to know each other. There's nothing to be sad about. I no longer need to assume that I've harmed you, right? Right. And you're in a space, you and I are both exploring this, right? Correct. And you're taking full and complete ownership of your own life and your own feelings and your own choices, yeah? Yes. I don't know about you, but that feels good. Yes, it does. That sounds all well and fine. I'm not even going to lie. There's a hint of it feels condescending as well. Dig into that. Let's explore it. What feels condescending to it? It feels like a, an adult standing, like when I was a little kid, standing over me, wagging a finger feeling to it. I'm being preached at. 
I don't like. So let's role play it in a different direction. Let's do the same role play, Christina. And this time when I say, did I hurt you? You said yes. Okay. Let's set the stage there. So Christina, I'm really aware of what I just did could hurt you. Did I hurt you? Yes. Can you help me understand how I hurt you? I didn't appreciate what you just said. It felt condescending. Okay. So your feelings, I guess this is where I'm confused. Do I have control of your feelings? No. Again, this is where I'm confused. You're telling me, no, I have no control over your feelings. So you chose to feel hurt because you feel I'm condescending, right? I didn't choose to feel hurt. I felt like your tongue was condescending. But you chose to feel that, right? Sure. Would you prefer we have a relationship where I purposefully manipulate you? so that you never feel like I'm being condescending to you? In other words, would you prefer that we have a relationship where I'm not being real? Not at all. But I would prefer that you not be condescending to me. Of which I have no control over. It's your right, Christina, to feel any way you want to feel. If you feel I'm being condescending to you, then the only way I'm going to be able to resolve that is being less than real because I'm being mindful that you've chosen to feel less than positive about our relationship. I I would prefer to have a positive relationship. So what you're telling me is it's going to be very difficult for me to be real with you. I feel like that's a matter of our different perceptions. I think that we can have the same conversation without the tone, and it wouldn't feel so common. Okay. So I will manipulate my tones so that you don't feel condescended to, in probably three to five months, we really won't be connected anymore. Because I'm not looking for that type of relationship with you. I'm going to be me with you, and if I piss you off or you think I'm some sort of arrogant asshole, then you need to come, come right back to me saying, soul, you've triggered something. I'd like to call you an arrogant asshole right now, but I understand that's my own shit. I see where you're taking it. And if you want to call me an arrogant asshole and you recognize it, you're choosing that, I can then say, Christina, whatever you need to do to work it through, that's great. I'm still going to be here. I love you unconditionally. You can be who you want to be. If that feels condescending to you, you've created a wonderful paradox for me. Ladies, forgiveness is ownership. When I forgive myself, I have to own what it is I'm forgiving. I have to pull the roots of the weed out I have to look at the roots. I have to acknowledge the roots. I have to graciously let those roots go into the compost pile and release it. Otherwise, I'm really not forgiving myself, am I? No. No, otherwise you're just setting up a trap to pimp slap yourself and seek love. This is the the roots of holier than thou. Oh, Julia, I forgive you. And Julia, you should genuflect and say, thank you, God, for forgiving me. Part of the Pay Me What I'm Worth journey, think about this. The first half of this book, we went through the process of owning what? Owning our choices. Mm-hmm. What else? Our own thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Is it fair to say our first half of our journey is owning up to the reality 
We're surrounded by abundance. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Pretty meek and mild yeses. <laughs> well, it's a powerful one. Yes. <laughs> Much better. Well, so you, you, you yeah. started the conversation today like you were we're going in, so <laughs> we're all swirling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just speak for me. I'm swirling and processing here. <laughs> Chapter six is a powerful. <sighs> powerful, powerful chapter. It sets the stage to be able to give from a place of abundance. Think about this. Is it a common feeling that giving is tied to lack? Meaning, if I give you X, I have less of X. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What's well, not with? really, actually. It depends. I feel like, for example, I give you grace. I have grace abundantly myself. I don't feel like I have a less than because I give you that. Good example. But from a third dimensional, touch it, taste it, see it, smell it, poop and pee it, if I give you $1,000, does that mean you have now $2,000 coming back to you? No, but I would love for that to happen. <laughs> I'll be writing all kind of checks. Give that all kind of checks. <laughs> That's the goal of this chapter, ladies. That's the goal of this section. For us to be able to give knowing that whatever it is that we're giving is a fraction of what we're about to re... What's that word? This is where you could all say in unison, bitch. (laughs) Think about this. We've been trained from early on that to give something means a debit and a credit. Correct? Yes. 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 I give you so much time. I give you so much attention. I give you so much respect. I give you so much money. Blah, blah, blah. Right? Right. Right. We got to let go of that. I'm making the assumption that we'd like to let go of lack living, meaning letting go of this notion there's only so much and shifting to an awareness, my God, there's so much. Now, that assumption is mine. So I want to be clear with everybody. Is that a transition you all are interested in making? Yeah, absolutely. Just that small shift could be part of rooting out selfishness, in our businesses, that certainly would help embracing the abundance that's really around us. Yeah, I'm all about that. Other thoughts? So when it comes to the idea of forgiveness, it's already there. It's always been there. That was me clapping, by the way, just in case it's not some <laughs> weird noise. True or false? Unconditional love is all around us, all the time. True. 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 Yes. What did we just say? Put it together. Embrace the abundance of forgiveness and unconditional love always there for us. Since we live in unconditional love, do we need forgiveness? Ah. Ah. Wow. Wow. 
Boom, as Miss Christina would say. <laughs> Let that rattle around a minute. Feel it. I feel Christina's controlling like, I don't even know how to express what I'm thinking. Good. I got to find the words. <laughs> Good. That's okay. This is huge stuff. I'm hoping as we touch the notion that if you're telling me from an intellectual standpoint that you agree that we are always unconditionally loved, if you're telling me that your mind understands this concept of unconditional love, I'm inviting you to let that shift into the heart. And when it shifts into the heart, the heart recognizes because I'm unconditionally loved, because everyone is unconditionally loved, I have nothing to forgive myself for. Now, if Julia wants to play God, if Marcia wants to play God, if Christina wants to play God, if Chelsea wants to play God, if Patty wants to play God and say, soul, I forgive you, rock on. If that helps you in your process, of releasing whatever it is that you need to release so that you can forgive yourself, I stand forgiven. Is this rewiring at a core level your concept of forgiveness? Absolutely. (sighs) My goodness, yes. To talk, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm a very strong Christian woman and I live by the words of the Bible. And it says right in there, and I hear my pastor say it over and over again, if your Father in heaven so forgives you, who are you not to forgive you? Bingo. This is kind of where I'm at right now as I'm listening to you talk this morning. And as I started reading chapter 6, you've got that one quote in there about forgiving ourselves, and that's kind of where I stopped reading, was, was after I read that on page 110. And that's because I know that I, for years and years and years, and even to this day, I hold myself in condemnation. And I have. I punish myself severely when I feel I've done something wrong or I've hurt someone because I don't forgive myself. I'm going back to the beginning of this, of this course, our ground rules and being shame-free. I'm really thinking embracing this concept and getting this at, at, at the core in our hearts, literally, much of the reason that I still continue to revisit certain things as a result of beating myself up over a decision that I made a long time ago, shame of that, is because of that not having this at my core. So I'm always working at the forgiveness phase, but literally getting this at your core, giving you a step forward, a step ahead in your healing process with yourself, because you're not taking all that time dealing with forgiveness. It's already there. It's already given, right? You're just now starting at the, now let me explore the root of what that decision was, how I could change that, or what decisions I can make differently. Like you're now being able to add to your wisdom quicker, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because you can find the lesson and learn it quicker. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yep. Maya Angelou was once quoted, you can ask forgiveness of others, but in the end, the real forgiveness is one's own self. 
That's one of two opening quotes to chapter six. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So you shouldn't be surprised that we're talking about this sort of level. <laughs> Patty, the way you feel about yourself is summed up with what Henry Wadsworth Longfellow said. You want to jump back to the first page of chapter six and read that quote? Everyone, open your hymnals to page one of chapter six. The quote by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. What is it? We judge ourselves by what we feel capable of doing, while others judge us by what we have already done. I can't tell you how many times I've read that this week, and it didn't sink in until just now. We judge ourselves by what we feel capable of doing, while others judge us by what we have already done. Hmm. There have been so many years that I've wasted beating myself up because everyone else seemed to think that I was rocking it, doing awesome, wonderful. But inside, I knew there was something more, something. It wasn't that I was beating myself up because I didn't, I failed at something. Because I, I recognized and appreciated all that I had accomplished, but I just knew there was something more. And that is so true. I've all these years in my own self dealing with the something more and everybody else was looking at how great everything else externally was looking. Wadsworth quote sets up the stage for our internal chaos committee to wage war. Patty. Yes. What you feel capable of doing. Is it fair to say that what you feel capable of doing is so much more than what people think you have done. True or false? Very true. Anybody on Team Clarity want to answer false to that? No. <clears throat> is it fair to say that what you feel capable of doing is the root of your passion? Yes. 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 You better preach. Yes. <laughs> is the root of your passion what makes you spring out of bed every morning? Yes. 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 Where am I going? Where am I going? We have to get back to our roots. I have to understand that if abundance is all around and so is forgiveness and if, unconditional love. If. If. Because abundance is all around, and so is unconditional love and forgiveness always there. My passion, I get up in the morning and I can actually live it right then and there. Every morning and go to sleep feeling it and knowing that the next day I get to live it again. Lots of internal wars being waged right now. I feel a lot of old, old paradigms going, this is a bunch of hooey, this is a bunch of BS, just get off this little intellectual merry-go-round, get back to being subservient, get back to feeling worthless, and you're going to be just fine. Thank you. I think actually I have to differ with that because this is a point of growth that I've been looking to reach. 
One, so that I can get back on track following my passion and things that I've really wanted to do in life and quit running from it to, you know what, I'm really excited to make these changes. My granddaughter said something to me this week. She says, Grandma, what's going on with you? Because I was able to go to her volleyball game, and I had said some words to her. This girl is, I mean, she is just your ultimate. I'm going after what's in my heart, and nobody's going to stop me. To where Grandma used to scour down and, and, and just run from things because I was always afraid of what people would think or say or do. Or But then she looked at me the other day because I told her just how proud I was of her and I spoke words to her that, I, that I've never spoke to her, and I said, don't, don't you ever, 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 ever let anyone steal from you what's in your heart. And she just kind of looked at me. She was like, what? She said, why are you saying that, Grandma? She said, you're different. <laughs> but then again, a month ago, I was still in that, what do you want to say, that circle of allowing others to bring me down and not feel the way I know I should feel about myself. So I'm really looking forward to this. I think Chapter 6 is going to be huge for me. I'm actually excited to really get into this and really, yeah, there's a whole lot going through my head right now listening to this and as I started to read this chapter. But it kind of excites me. So, Patty, when are you sitting down with your family or whoever and doing your first before-after video with them literally on video saying, Grandma, you've changed. I should have done it that day. <laughs> well, um, I'm serious. Yeah. I really I want know. you all to get busy with this before and after stuff. Otherwise, oh. it's intellectual masturbation. <laughs> she actually you have a way of flirting today, so. <laughs> wow. I guess I am changing. So I'd like to talk about uh, mm. some things that have been going on in my life in the last couple of weeks. All circled around forgiveness. A couple weeks ago, I got a call from my stepbrother, who is a Southern Baptist minister, who on many occasions has told family and who else would listen that pretty much I was going to hell because of who I was. He grew up with us. My mom was a mother to him, a mom to him, more than his ever was. I love the fact that he loved my mom. So he called me about his sister, my stepsister, that she had was going through some things and needed food. The respect I have for him, for him stepping up and sending her money after she stole pain medicine from his dying daughter, after she accused everyone of doing it without taking responsibility for it herself, after his daughter died, he let her come, he allowed her to come to the funeral because he knew that's what he should do. So him calling me and talking, I hadn't talked to him in quite a while, really started my mind just reeling about forgiveness, and forgiveness keeps popping into my brain. And I looked up books, because I'm thinking that's unconditional love and forgiveness. I've been working on the things that I held against him or against others in my family for years, and then that after my mom died, I really hardly had any contact with any of them because I just didn't feel like I needed to. As I've thought about this and the forgiveness part, and as we've talked today, it's clear to me now that maybe I needed to forgive myself for not having unconditional love for others. 
and loving them from the space they're in, not agreeing with everything they do or even understanding everything they do, but loving people unconditionally. I mean, the last couple of weeks, like a friend of mine gave me a bracelet yesterday for my birthday, and it's just absolutely beautiful, kind of an Ed Hardy motif, but it says forgive me on it. I fell in love with it. Because I think I've spent most of my life in the please forgive me phase or I'm sorry or all the thoughts that go along with that when it's so important that I forgive myself and let it go. It's been a very interesting couple of weeks. Chelsea, do you feel lighter? Yeah, I do. Been very deep in thought, very deep in thought about this program here. <laughs> I call it an awakening. It has awakened so many things that I needed to work on, for one, and so many things in my soul that I know it's there, things that make me a better person. I'm more able to forgive people who have truly caused trauma and hurt to me. It's important that I don't carry that around for anyone. Why? For my soul to feel free, and for my soul to feel that warm spiritual light that everybody searches for, I have to truly forgive and let it go. But love and abundance is already around us. Forgiveness is not necessary, as Soul pointed out earlier, because already around us. Blows your mind, doesn't it? <laughs> really? Yeah, you're blowing my mind this morning, Soul. <laughs> But what, you know, what this today's talk is doing is pulling my last two weeks together, integrating what I've been feeling, what I've been thinking, what I've been reading, everything. For, for me today is starting another level of healing that yes, I just didn't even think was possible. As we all tap into our light, ladies, forgiveness, the concept of forgiveness is the cosmic winds blowing the clouds away so that you can remember the sun is always shining. So when storms come into my life, when nasty people come across, when things happen that my old Catholic raising could say, oh, you need to forgive him because that's acting in God's name. I can say to my internal wiring that was pounded into me for until I was 12 or 14 years old, and then I began to wake up and go, wait a minute. Okay, yes, forgiveness is a divine act. But this divine act is gifted to me from the divine. There is no need in my mind to separate. I'm at one with the divine. True or false? True. 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 Feel that for a moment. Begin to allow a tingling sensation to begin to form inside you, wherever it starts. Begin to reconnect at a stronger level. It's like, imagine being in a room of a thousand people and they're talking and yelling at the top of their lungs and you can barely hear what anybody ever is saying and slowly... But surely, everyone begins to quiet down so that 
Even a pin drop in the furthest reaches of that room can be heard as an explosive sound. As we allow this concept of forgiveness to wash us, wash us, we remind ourselves we were never dirty. Beautiful. Definitely be listening to this one over and over and over and over again. (laughs) Folks, it is my hope and dream that each and every soul who goes through this journey explodes the barriers to the divine power and passion that's in every one of us. It's in every one of us. As we popcorn into our divine passion, what do you think we're going to be doing to the world? We'll be loving the world in a way that we know. Roll call. Julia, do you wish to be the change in this world you wish to see? Yes or no? Yes. Marsha, do you wish to be the change you wish to see in this world? Yes or no? Yes. Chelsea, do you wish to be the change you wish to see in this world? Yes or no? Yes. Christina, do you wish to be the change you wish to see in this world, yes or no? Yes. Patty, do you wish to be the change you wish to see in this world, yes or no? I do, yes. This will be aired to millions of people. You have professed to the world you wish to be the change you want this world to be. To do that, will you need anything else but your divine connection to your passion? No. 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 Doubt, guilt, shame, worry, chaos committee are actively looking to salvage, maintain, and grow the walls, the clouds, the barriers to divine passion. Thoughts? Man. I can visualize that. I can visualize that. In the center is your divine passion, and your chaos committee are like sentries around it, trying to keep it contained. How often have all of you felt like you're going to explode as you've taken this journey? Has there been moments in time where you've had an aha or a breakthrough where as if your body wanted to literally explode? But I can never (laughs) explain it in words. Just a feeling that comes through me. I feel like one of the superheroes, like a Marvel comic book someday. And it's like, ah! And I don't I even like I'm the Superman. <laughs> a Superman! Bionic woman. In order to be the change that we wish to be in this world, we need to tap into that divine passion. True? Very true. Yeah. Unleash it. Let yeah. it explode. No holds bars. If people think you're being arrogant, if people think you're whatever, it doesn't matter. True or false? Very true. Very true. What's happening here? What are you feeling right now? The fullness. This was a very important topic for me. I just wanted to 
really listening. I'm trying to understand where, yes, this is about abundance and receiving. I'm struggling with control here because I want to still be compassionate with others, even if they don't agree with what I'm doing. I know I'm capable of so much more, but it's, it's been a struggle for me when I'm being judged on what I have done because I still haven't finished what I want to accomplish when there's so much more for me to do. I just feel like if I'm being judged, it's just not right, and I, I, I got to find some type of compassion in there when I'm dealing with other people. Offering something that may help me, maybe it will help you. Maybe there's opportunity for, for you to be less in your head and, and really get to mm-hmm. your core passion and your heart. That way you're not reaching for that external validation. You already got it inside. You already, you have the knowing inside you. And mm-hmm. trusting that knowing, going with that knowing, is all you got to worry about. In the end, that's what's going to prevail. That's, that's what's going to shine out. They will see it or they won't see it. But it really doesn't even matter. Because that divine thing that you've already got inside you, that's the knowing. That's all the knowing that you need. The compassion that you need, that source of compassion that you are so much striving for intellectually is already within you, baby girl. It's already in you. That I know. I'm just, it's hard for me to describe because I don't, I've learned so much from this program that my judging of others has decreased so much. Julia. Do unto others. Mm-hmm. Stop judging yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I have to have more compassion for myself. If 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 that, that's what I'm getting. Again, clapping. <laughs> so after this call, Julia, are you mm-hmm. open to a little exercise? Sure. Go to the bathroom. Or go to your vanity, go to wherever there's a big mirror where you can sit down and comfortably stare yourself in the eye. And you tell, Judge, you're fired. (laughs) I will do that. That's not, wait a minute, soul. Is that being a diplomat? (laughs) I'm confused now. (laughs) You got to get rid of the judge to be the diplomat. Right? Oh, Lordy. Every time I think I get a hold of this, then you put another layer in it. I'm like, ah, heck. (laughs) Patty, if you looked into the mirror, when you look into the mirror, Patty, after this call, and you look into your eyes, and you look into your soul, and that judge that has hornswoggled you, tied you down for decades, and you look at that judge with compassion in your eyes, and you look at that judge and say, I love you, and I so look forward to our journey of you blossoming into a diplomat. Hmm. I want you to project back to March when we started, and I'm making the statements that I'm making right now. Would not your judge go, right, well, that's nice. Next. I think I need to fire my, my controller more than my judge. <laughs> I, I agree with you. 
I really, I, I, I think I there's, totally a, there's a pecking order, and that controller is number one for me. Yes, <laughs> yes, you're 100% correct. When I'm seeing the controller, I just cause more chaos. It's you know, in the, in my mind, and and it's love that, Julia. Love it. I love it. That's an awareness right there, baby girl. Like that's that's good stuff. We're taught from an early age to control, aren't we? We sure are. Yeah. Some of us were brought up under the old saying, children are meant to be seen, not heard. It's so amazing that you would say that my older children and their father, we had a different perspective. And I remember him telling them to be quiet when they were little. And I remember telling him, it's amazing how we as parents, we can't wait for our children to walk. We can't wait for our children to talk. And then when they do it, we want them to sit down and shut up. Oh, God, I can't even. This has been a, such an awakening for me. Think about this. One of the earliest ways we began to be aware of shame was potty training. Mm-hmm. 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 We had to control a biological function. We had to learn to tell our bodies to do things that when we are born into this world, our bodies go, ooh, we need to let that go. Ooh, we need to let that go. So like animals, when they got to poop or pee, they poop or pee, and windshields are a testament to that. From a very early age, our society has taught us, look, if you're going to be loved, if you're going to be part of society, you got to control that. And we do. We do it to such a point that one of the number one reasons senior citizens commit suicide is because they become incontinent. Mm-hmm. So instead of wearing depends, instead of just simply acknowledging the fact that they've lost control over something that most likely should never have been controlled to begin with because if we're mindful enough, when my body tells me it's time to pee, I go pee. I don't hold it. When my body even gives me an inkling that I have to go pee, I go pee because if I ignore it, there's going to come a moment in time where like, okay, got to go. <laughs> it is that urgency, ladies, not to get too graphic, It is the urgency of me for you to feel such urgency that your worth is waiting for you to explode. It's that same urgency. You got to do it now. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not when all the stars are aligned or where the finances are right or no. We're about to head into the holiday season, and I'm predicating this conversation with the fact that as we get into the holiday season, I anticipate your agreement that you signed in your book remains in effect. No more cowering down, shrinking down, dimming our light, just to keep the peace with the family. Bingo. Because of your gender or because of your race, no more dumbing yourself down. Hell yeah. (laughs) Amen. Well, once again, another light and fluffy conversation. I'm sorry I couldn't get into anything more of substance for you today. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, no, you I came am. into today's discussion guns a blazing soul dancer. <laughs> I think this is one of the sessions we've had where I've just been pretty much quiet the whole time because <laughs> I am so into this and I don't want to miss anything. I want to have my aha moment, and this was a great call, so great. How about a quick round of takeaways? We'll kick it off with Miss Julia. I know you probably have nothing to share about your takeaway today. <laughs> My takeaway is I have no control over what others think of me, think of my work. I can only control what I believe. I need to stay focused on what my passion is. And abundance and love, it will just follow through. Yum. That's a big yum. (laughs) For me, it is those. I feel that as I begin to understand the, the abundance and the forgiveness that's always been, as I begin to understand all that, I can live in this now and really feel that it's ongoing for me, that I can really grasp that whole idea of it's always been there. It's always there. It's never ending for me. So I can actually go and just explode myself here and have fun doing it. I'm really starting to feel that moment where I can allow my inner guidance of my divineness to lead me. Wow. <laughs> it's important for me to sit in and meditate through unconditional forgiveness and love and how that will change my life. Is changing your it's life. changing my life. Anchor it in this moment, yeah? Yeah, in this moment. Wow, I feel so many happy tears welling up, but I think for me it will be summed up in saying I'm giving my soul such a big hug today because I deserve it. I haven't done it in so many years. I am even in this moment, like there are things, there are lessons, there are wisdom nuggets that I've blinded myself to because I've spent so many years not loving on me, not giving myself that compassion. So with each squeeze, (laughs) I'm finding myself even more alive and, and excited and that that stuff inside me where I've been trying to force it out like it just feels like right now it's like whoo that's break the dam y'all <laughs> <laughs> my takeaway for today is each of you like the stars that are often under the illusion of sunlight, are missing. The stars are always there, 24-7, 365. Clouds, sun, stars are still there. My aha is 
you're shining brighter. Yum! <laughs> Good stuff tonight. Good stuff. Next round by our call next Saturday, we will have completed the exercise of a mental laundry. So I look forward to hearing how your mental laundry day went. <laughs> you got us on a good spin cycle, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, my dears. Thank you again. Thanks all. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Any personal ahas of your own? As one of many Pay Me What I'm Worth team captains, it's my role to help you get serious about removing blocks to your success as well as live a more stress-free, confident life. Wonder if this course is for you? If you are a serious action taker committed to playing big in life and being your best you, I look forward to seeing you in my next class. Call me at area code 423-737-5809. Again, that's 423-737-5809 to talk about your next steps. Before you go, let's continue this discussion in the comment box below. You can always help other people have breakthrough moments when you share this show across your social media. I look forward to speaking with you. You're listening to Christina Irvin, one of the many team captains for Pay Radio. Definitely radio worth listening to. Have a great day. Thank you, Christina. I highly encourage you to start thinking about what you've heard in this class and how you can apply it to your own life. For more support, get a hold of Christina. Join one of her classes so that you can have the support that you hear oozing out of every class that you've heard so far over the past 26 weeks. I look forward to seeing you in class. Aloha. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.